Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Emergency Two Buck Sports Podcast. Coming to you live tonight during the halftime of the College Football National Championship. Uh, Drew, I hate to call it a game. Uh, it's more like a beatdown, man. This is just like an old school woodshed beatdown. But here we are, halftime of the National Championship game. Welcome in my co-host, Drew Gann. What's up, Buckets? Yeah, we were both sitting here watching the game. and If you can call it a game. I was uh, I was really excited about this one, too. You know, my horned frogs, you know, turned into a bunch of horny toads. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm sitting here watching the first game, and I've just been pretty bored with it. And so I text you, and I was like, hey, uh, let's uh, let's just record a podcast and give our thoughts on it real quick, and then uh, we'll just go from there. Yeah. Um, I, you know, Drew, I've been watching the game. I've been mostly watching the Grizz on my laptop, um, keeping up with the beatdown that we're giving San Diego or San Diego, San Antonio right now. Um, watching the Grizz kind of pull away without Jaw tonight, playing some good basketball and had the football game on the background. But man, it's just been, it's not been fun to watch. I mean, you know, if you're a fan of the SEC, like I am, I know you're not a SEC guy. Uh, it's a good game to watch. But, um, man, for anybody looking for a competitive football game tonight, Yikes. Yeah, I'll tell you, Rusty, uh, I tweeted out during the game because, I, you know, you know, like this, especially in high stakes games like the National Football Championship, you uh, you get to talk, you get people saying, oh, you don't belong or, you know, you just root for the SEC or, you know, Alabama should have been here. And everything about what I've seen on social media has just been driving me crazy all yeah. Day long. Yeah. Because as an SEC, as a fan of there is nothing good about Georgia winning the national championship game. And nobody who cheers for a team in the SEC should be rooting for Georgia to win this football game. It's none. You recruit the same players. You you play against the same teams. It I cannot fathom a way good for your team if you an SEC team. It's revenue share, man. We've talked about this. I know you get all up in arms about it, but it's revenue share. It's good for the conference because all the teams, as the as the tide lifts, yeah. it lifts all boats. And so State and Ole Miss are going to benefit from this game tonight with Georgia putting a just absolute whooping on TCU. And, you know, it's fun. You know, like we talked about our last podcast, 16 of the last 17 college football national championships dating back to that epic clash between uh, Vince Young's Texas Longhorns and, and uh, uh, Matt Leinart's USC Trojans um, have been it. There's been an SEC team in all of those championship games. And so it's really a, it's a great opportunity for the conference. And uh, again, a rising tide lifts all boats, man. So this is good for the, good for the SEC, good for the parts. And I would ask for you to show me one instance in which Alabama Okay, let me put it this way. Revenue sharing, if you can show me one instance in which the championship money that Alabama or Georgia or LSU have won the SEC, if you can point to one instance in which that has been paid for, that Mississippi State or Ole Miss has used that money to pay for anything, then mm-hmm. I will shut up. I, I can't I don't have the receipts, but I can we okay. can it's an easy Google search to show what each school gets as a as a dividend of the profit share of all the bowl games. And so it's a good but it's easy Google search where that money is. But that money does not go well, it didn't, it may not go now. That money did not go to what mattered 
to win it football. <laughs> it does, and it goes that war chest because now. <laughs> there, there's only one thing that matters when it comes to winning football games, and that's players. Mm. And in the past, now, if if all this money that Georgia's going to win the SEC by winning the national championship game, if that is split evenly and is put into the NIL funds for Ole Miss, then I will shut up. Mm. However, in the past, those that money has never gone to a single player or coach. I mean, you can say it goes to uh, infrastructure or the facilities. Uh, states, uh, facilities, mm-hmm. fine. But you know what? I would rather have the be able to say that my neighboring school here, the school that's also recruiting you, did not win a national championship. I think that helps more than the money does. I mean, that's fair, but the kids that are going to go to Georgia and Alabama are, are going to go to Georgia and Alabama. It's because not like, they're winning championships. Yeah, but it's, not, but it's it's not like the fact that we share revenue off these bowl games is going to influence them to go somewhere. I'm not saying it's a – it's this, it's, it, you know, it's this big charitable thing. All I'm saying is that a right, like I said earlier, a rising tide lifts all boats. Yeah. We're not all fighting in the same army here, but the sec gets more money. That's more money than all the schools is all I'm saying, man. Well, and, and like, there's just some, you know, there's some pride in being the most dominant conference in college football. Being a part of that is a big deal. You know, like we played Georgia this year. We were competitive with them for a half. They ended up pulling away late because they got more dogs than us. But, you know, the fact that we were competitive with Georgia, we were more competitive at halftime against Georgia than TCU is right now. Not saying we're a better team than TCU, but still, like we were more competitive because we played a tougher conference. I take pride in the SEC beating up on people in national championship games, bowl games. So sue me. No, uh, I couldn't disagree more because it just doesn't help. You recruit the same players. I, you know, I, I hear that argument, but at the same time, like, like the caliber of players that go to Georgia and Alabama are not going to go to another school. Like, they're going to go to Georgia, Alabama. They might have Georgia to start play. losing. Yeah, I don't know, man. Georgia's I mean, got the Georgia name. is a power now, but you forget before in the later Mark Rick years, they were not. They were an afterthought in the East. And the East I would still – And I would, that was – Go and they got players because they started winning. One would, the other. I would still bet that they got more five stars and four stars during those late Mark Rick years, even when they weren't as good, more five stars than most other SEC schools because of the name, because of the prestige. Georgia's always been able to pull big recruits. Two, Georgia is a great high school football state, and so they've always been able to pull those big recruits. I'd be curious to see what the recruiting stats were during those years, still compared to Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Arkansas, um, when we were all kind of on the same same playing field during those late years. Yeah. And another thing that's bugged me watching this game, um, keeping up with it on Twitter, you know, where everybody goes for their first, you know, mm-hmm. if you watch sports the way I watch sports, I watch it while also scrolling through Twitter to see everybody's thoughts and hot takes and opinions. Sure. And I have seen a, several people, and you may not have seen a lot of people with the take that, oh, well, that, you know, maybe Alabama should come out of the locker room in the second half. And mm-hmm. nothing comes across as more elitist and but <laughs> than that, than that take. Mm-hmm. Alabama has no business watching this game thinking they should be here. Nope. That that goes for Tennessee, and I haven't seen Tennessee fans say it, but I'm just going no. the the next ranked list. That goes if anybody thinks USC should be here or Kansas State or LSU. 
they have no business. Nobody has any business being in this game other than TCU. And if one team could gripe about it, it's Michigan. But Michigan shot themselves in the foot. They beat themselves. Yeah, I agree, Drew. I can't stand that argument. That happens every year when there's a blowout. Oh, we should have put X team in or Y team in. You know, I, I think that's a terrible argument. The team that, that, that are there are supposed to be there. And if you don't like it, man, win more football games. Um, I think it's a bad take. Well, you know, again, of the SEC teams, I think it's Tennessee that deserves to be there over Alabama because of the head-to-head matchup. Absolutely. But I think the two right teams that are supposed to be there are there. One of them just happens to be head and shoulders better than the other one. And they came off of like, they gave everybody false hope because they had their, one of their worst games of the year against Ohio state. But you said on the pod last week, like they found a way to win Stetson Bennett found a way to pull that team through. And they're there because they are experienced and they're the better team. And I think like that's showing tonight, no doubt in my mind. Yeah. Going into this, I thought two teams were head and shoulders above the other two teams. And that was Georgia and Michigan. And I was wrong about Georgia. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. I'm I was wrong about Michigan because TCU had their way with them offensively, mm-hmm. and then Michigan shot themselves in the foot a couple of times on mm-hmm. their offensive drives, especially early. And so, to me, this says more about Georgia than it does about TCU. Yeah. And yeah. it's a team, like I said, it was the reason why they were my favorite going into this. It's a team that's been there. You watch Stetson Bennett tonight, mm-hmm. and that dude is as loose as a goose out there. He's yeah. feeling no pressure at all and the hot start helps with that but he went into this game with no pressure at all he is performing like he has no pressure at all like they they knew they were running this game before they even took the first snap it has been absolute master class by georgia who has the players and they have the coaching and they Mm -hmm. have wrecked tcu in this first half Look, hot take, though, uh, Jalen Carter has not done himself a lot of favors these last two games. He didn't look great against Ohio State, and TCU is consistently the only success they're finding is running at Jalen Carter with DeMarcado. Um, again, There's it's not a strategy to that, though. That's a that's a that's a coaching move that it, that happens more sure. times than not when you have that mm-hmm. one amazing defensive end or defensive tackle or defensive lineman in general is you run at them. Mm-hmm. You you make. Because if you're running at them, that means your whole line is shifting to them. You're going to get an extra blocker. Sure. sure. At the same time, like when you do run away or when you're not having – when you've got pass protection in, you still have to make a play. Like you can run at J.J. Watt. You could run at Vince Wilfork, and he still made plays. And Jalen Carter, I mean, I get it. Like he's still going to be one of the top two picks in the draft. Um, A lot of people were saying he was going to be this world beater. Again, he may be. Um, but these last two games against some some decent competition, he has not looked his best self. But who has is Brock Bowers. He has really stepped oh up tonight. He's he's played a phenomenal football game. Um, really just just they, I mean showing the true athlete that he is. That kid has got a bright Travis Kelsey like future. Yeah, don't look now, but TCU just forced a punt. So is Georgia taking the foot off the gas a little bit? You know, Drew, uh, somebody tweeted out from our account earlier tonight the quote uh, from a song. If you can name the song, I'll be super fired up by the great, great mullet-rocking Travis Tritt. Uh, it's a, it's it's in the first stanza, uh, and it's turn out the lights, the competition's over. Uh, and I still think that's true. But you know what song that's from? Uh, is it from It's a Great Day to Be Alive? Mm-hmm. No. What is it? Foolish Pride by Travis Tripp. One of the great yeah. sad country ballads of all time. 
Yeah, I couldn't name it from just the lyric itself, but you start, if you want to hum the tune along, I would have got it. <laughs> well, we yeah. both know that I can't carry a tune, so I'm going to save our audience from that. Yeah, so uh, with 13 minutes to go here, TCU is down 7 to 38. Uh, this reminds me a lot about that uh, Peach Bowl that I was in attendance for in 2014. Mm-hmm. My Rebels, uh, took on TCU, uh, the Trayvon Boykin TCU team. Mm-hmm. And uh, TCU was mad that they got snubbed from the college football playoff, the first ever. Mm-hmm. And they just took every bit of frustration out on Ole Miss that day. Mm-hmm. It was ugly. And this one's ugly. And, you know, yeah. for the inner, for the viewers' sake, I hope that TCU can string something together here. Mm-hmm. If not, you can find the Grizzlies on Valley Sports there in a, <laughs> there in a fight with the – yeah, man. Like Antonio Spurs. You can tell that we just like we're sleeping, we're sleepwalking through the second half. At the end of halftime, we had a 91% chance of winning, and that dipped all the way down to uh, about 75%. It's now back up around like 80%. We're just not playing. I mean, we're just sleepwalking through this game. It's a yeah. they're they're probably watching the game on the on the sideline, just trying to coast through this game against San Antonio. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Even the people taking part in that Grizzly Spurs game are keeping <laughs> up with this college football Absolutely. game. And so um, that's probably what happened is mm-hmm. the Texans uh, from San Antonio have diverted their attention away from the national championship game and have started paying mm-hmm. more attention to their own basketball game. Sure. And, you know, kind of match the uh, intensity of the Grizzlies a little bit. Yeah. I think the Grizz will still pull it out, much like the Georgia Bulldogs, but um, kind of sleepwalking through that game. But, yeah, man, uh, you know, Max Duggan's got to figure it out. He's got two picks on the night. Uh, they don't have a ton of answer for Georgia's passing attack. You know, they've been finding a lot of success. Um, Quentin Johnson has not showed up tonight. You know, I said on the last podcast that he had Julio vibes, and he did until he met this Georgia secondary, which had been kind of suspect. But they've shut him down, man. He's got one catch for three yards. Uh, not really doing a ton. Uh, and Max Duggan is running for his life more often than not. It's uh, for those looking for a competitive football game. Uh, I hate to say it, but you're not going to find that tonight. Yeah. Um, shout out to Stetson Bennett. He has looked like the best player on Georgia tonight. Sure. Well, aside from Brock Bowers. Sure. But he has been absolutely incredible. Yeah, he's definitely been running the football well. He's been finding gaps. Um, and, too, like, Georgia runs that power sweep better than most teams to begin with. Uh, but when you've got that crackback sweep and Stetson uh, on that touchdown, that second rushing touchdown he had, they just ran, like, student body left and pulled everybody. And Stetson more or less just sauntered into the end zone, as Chris Fowler so eloquently put it. Um, it I mean, it just wasn't even – it's just not even a thing. They're just getting a complete wash on TCU's defensive line. And, you know, the pregame, they hyped up TCU's linebackers as these chaos creators. They play well in space. But um, what I've seen tonight so far, Drew, is they over-pursue. They're very aggressive, which can play in your favor, but they're taking bad angles tonight. They're over-pursuing. They're running past the running back. And Georgia's just got too much speed for you to be that aggressive. Like, they keep shooting through the gaps. And when they get the, like when they hit the gap, the running back's there. But by the time they get through it, you know, Milton, these guys are gone. Well, when you're playing a team like Georgia and you've got the players like TCU has, nobody is, nobody's up here beating their chest saying TCU has had mm-hmm. incredible recruiting classes. In fact, if they were to win tonight, they would have been the only team in the college football playoff 
era, at least, that has ever won a national championship without having a top 10 class in the past three years, the mm. three years previous. So yeah. nobody's claiming that TCU has the players. And when you don't have the players, absolutely, you've got to be opportunistic. You've mm-hmm. got to go after, you've got to try to jump routes and you've got to over pursue and hope it plays into your hand a little bit. And that's what TCU's done today. And it's bit them, but I don't know that they had much of a choice. And nothing was more telling than on that wheel route in which uh, Brock Bowers went down the sideline mm-hmm. and he was being chased by a 245 pound linebacker <laughs> who just needed oxygen by the time uh, Brock Bowers hit the ground. It was just. And I felt bad for that guy yeah. as a guy, as a, as a fluffy fella who has <laughs> an 11 month old that's crawling. I sympathize with that because um, that girl, that little girl of mine is quick, but she's not as quick as Brock Bowers <laughs> and I get winded. <laughs> yeah, man. TCU just look winded all night. They just had to punt. Georgia got the ball back. Um, they got the ball. They're on 45. So great field position. Looks like another opportunity for them to go down and add to this lead. Yeah. And Brock uh, Bowers just took it to the TCU 25. There you go. So right on cue, Brock Bowers, as we, we hype him up, He's playing good football. TCU just doesn't have the dogs to keep up with Georgia. No pun intended. Um, just not looking good for the Horn Frogs, man. Though they do look good. Those black helmets look sharp, but other than that. Yeah, they've uh and forgive me, I don't know when they they started the uh the Black Panther little uh tribal around oh, the yeah. collar. That looks good. You know? But that's awesome. And yeah. it really looks awesome on their black uniforms. But I mean, yeah, yeah they've they I'm I'm not gonna say I'm a traditionalist when it comes to uniforms, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm definitely not super like yeah not a huge fan of like Oregon when you you know bring stuff out of the blue and take pride in doing something weird every week mm-hmm. this this is awesome though their uniforms now are awesome the black yeah. helmet with the purple face mask and the the mm-hmm. still horny toad <laughs> helmet those are pretty sweet yeah, I I was I would lean more traditional, like you said. I would lean more traditional than I would like in Oregon. I appreciate some, you know, special uniforms here and there. I appreciate what State did this year with the script. Uh, hey, Ole Miss compliment. I I did dig the real tree helmets. I thought those were cool this year. Um, my least favorite. I liked them. I thought they were kind of cool, and um, I'm a fan of some of the some of the uniforms that. Ole Miss wears, but uh, being a, a fan of traditionalists, I do like Georgia's traditional uniforms, but TCU, as I said in our little group, ta- group chat, um, wins the uniform battle tonight for sure. Yeah, I uh, I love Ole Miss's uniforms, obviously. I think the best uniform in football is the red top with the powder helmet. Uh, Ole Miss tried to do the Oregon thing this year, and they did, where they wore a different uniform combination for every game. Mm-hmm. And every game, I was just hoping they were going to wear the red with the powder helmet. <laughs> so, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I you know, I'm a fan of the navy blue and red. I don't hate those uniforms either. I think they look good. I, I, that's a that's a winning. I mean, it's America's color, so it's kind of a winning combination. That's right, because Ole Miss is America's team. I won't go that far. Listen, I said <laughs> nice things about Ole Miss, man. Come on, that's all you get. <laughs> yeah. That's so, all you get. Um, so we uh, we wanted to jump on to talk about the national championship game, and we've made it. I don't know, 20 minutes talking about the national championship game. Is there anything you want to add? here is there any any other takeaways that you have other than just uh, probably a, a couple more hours of sleep tonight since you don't have to step and watch the end of it you know i want to i want to uh watch a bit of the game i'm going to watch a bit of the grizzlies game i'm going to bask in the glory 
of the first time in my fantasy football career that I went 2-0 and in fantasy football league championship games. Uh, I'm a winner of the uh, the uh, League of Avengers Fantasy Football League, as well as the Witten Family Football League. Uh, Florida Stanley came through. I beat my uncle um, uh, convincingly. He tried to throw some shade and said that uh, Jamar Chase and Joe Dick, uh, Joe Mixon would have made up an almost 60-point gap. Yeah. I don't know what happened outside of Joe Mixon's 150-point game. You know, they, they really didn't combine for that much, but, you know, maybe so. But I do hate that it ended that way. Either way, 2-0, and uh, double-time champ, baby. So I'm going to bask in some of that glory tonight. I tell you what, you and the Georgia Bulldogs will now know what it feels like, what I have felt like since June the 26th to uh, wake up knowing that you're national champions. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> nah, fantasy football trumps that, man. That's, that's all that matters. Fat Drunk Thor and Florida Stanley 2-0 in the <laughs> championship games. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really have much. I've yeah. Again, I was super impressed with Stetson Bennett. I think that Brock Bowers is going to be maybe the number one pick in the draft next year. Mm-hmm. I mean, if a tight end ever goes number one, it's got to be him. Yeah. And so, it's a it's a barn burner, and yeah. But all the points are being scored by one team. Yeah. Speaking of the all the points in the fourth quarter, of this Grizz Spurs game are being scored by the Spurs. They're outscoring the Grizz eleven. They're on eleven to one run to start the fourth, leading the Grizz by five points. Man, it's just a again we're sleepwalking. Just you can tell we're just not interested in this game whatsoever. We're missing Brandon Clark, missing Ja uh just not playing good basketball kind of sleepwalking and i'm afraid it's going to bite us tonight yeah i wonder if uh greg popovich is getting the call that lovey smith got yesterday saying please start start uh missing some shots please we're trying to get the number one pick in the draft and (laughs) and as greg popovich would he would give him the double birds and say you don't pay me to coach this team for 20 years and ask me to lose so. Much like Lovey Smith yesterday when they said, hey, try and miss this extra point so we can win. And he said, oh, oh, go for two. two. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and we'll get into this on Wednesday when we talk about the NFL a little bit more. But it's just another – if you are running a football team, just – if you're running a business, Russ, you, you employ uh, physical therapists in your own clinics, and so you know – if your plan is to fire somebody, don't tell them that you're going to be fired and then expect them to come back to work and do their job. Yeah. I have fired three people in my career and they left immediately upon learning that they had been promoted to customer. And so <laughs> I did not give them a warning and like no disrespect to those people, except for one, that was an interesting story for another day. But, uh, uh yeah man you tell them they're fired like they get out so lovey was like okay i'm fired you're gonna be the number two pick because they need a quarterback and what's gonna happen is now that the bears are number one they've got a ton of draft picks man i saw a really interesting it's trade today that they can with store the, it all for that number one pick absolutely they can trade with it and the best part is shout out patrick jones they can make an epic trade with the colts and still land in the top four the colts can go get bryce young and then the bears can still get will anderson at fourth and absolutely fleece the Texans with a division rival. So uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how that's going to play out because the Bears have their franchise quarterback. Justin Fields has been a great player. He just needs some offensive line help, needs some help in a lot of areas, but they're not going to take a quarterback. And so it'll be interesting to see how this Lovey Smith winning that game 
you know, I, you know, Drew, like he, he was a great coach for the Bears for a while, took him to a Super Bowl, supported the Bears. And even now, still with the Texans, he's supporting the Bears. <laughs> yeah, you don't you can't ask. Um, he is not a new school coach. He is he was he was the wrong coach to hire to rebuild anyways, because those old coaches don't they're not here to do anything but win. Don't ask me to tank. Don't mm-hmm. ask me to try to lose. Yeah. My job is to coach these kids. They're to yeah. win football games. If you want me to lose, you're going to take my players away from me. Yeah. And when you let him go and tell him he's going to be let go on Sunday afternoon at the completion of your football game, mm-hmm. and then ask him to lose when you've only had the opportunity to win one time all year, mm-hmm. yeah. two times all year. Yeah. And it's just, it's asinine. Yeah. And so that's, uh, that's where the Texans belong. They belong with a number two pick to play second fiddle to somebody. Yeah. Chicago yeah. for the first time since, I don't know, Rex Grossman has an <laughs> opportunity to um, get a historic hall and build a team mm-hmm. the right way. Yeah. Uh, they figured out every way not to. Mm-hmm. And so if I were the Chicago Bears, I would leverage, leak information, make up stuff, whatever you've got to do to drive that price through mm-hmm. the roof. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like you said, the Colts would probably be as good a landing spot as any. Uh, for you, considering you would only drop back three picks, three you could five. pick four. And C.J. Stroud's probably still there if you want. I'm, I'm sorry. No, they're not going to go quarterback. But okay, you, Will, Will Anderson yeah. or Jalen Carter, both one one of those will still very likely be there. Right. And and if I'm not mis, do they still have picks from the Khalil Mack trade coming over mm-hmm. from Los Angeles? That's the thing. The Bears have one of the one of the like over the next like two years they have. I I saw it earlier today. Uh, forgive me for not knowing the exact stats, but they have some of the most picks over the next two drafts out of any team. So they have a lot of capital they can play with. Right. So, anyways, didn't mean to get into Lovey Smith talk tonight, but we were bored, and so this is. I like Lovey Smith. So I like Lovey Smith. I've always been a fan of his. Um, I think he's a good dude, old school coach, players coach. Um, and and shout out to him for winning that game yesterday. <laughs> good, good beard too. Oh yeah, solid beard. Um, but yeah, I I enjoyed it. It was great to jump on and talk football for a little bit when there's nothing else really going on. The Grizz are kind of clawing their way back in we're down one um in the fourth to the 13 and 27 san antonio spurs um leading score is tyus jones um he's got man he had a he had quite a streak there and that's turned into too much of a grizz talk we'll talk more about that on wednesday but i, I definitely want to kind of you know shout out tyus jones he went 27 straight games without a turnover he's had a turnover in his last two but 27 yeah. straight nba games without a turnover is a that's quite an impressive feat yeah, and the Grizzlies coming in on a six-game winning streak, mm-hmm. uh, and it's been noted on this podcast as well as anywhere else that talks Grizzlies, uh, they've been atrocious shooting the basketball. Uh, <laughs> to lose this game, uh, right now they're shooting 43% from three, mm-hmm. uh, but only six. Uh, I'm sorry, 58% from the free throw line. Oof. And so, um, if you can't hit them all, I guess. And so they're picking either threes or free throws. And yeah. in a tie game right now with six minutes and 44 seconds to go, uh, you really hate to see if the free throw number be that low. That's scary. 
grass. But we'll get to the Grizz more on Wednesday. Drew, I enjoyed our, our chat tonight. It was nice to get on jumping jump on here and talk a little college football. And um, you know, what else are we gonna do? We're gonna watch a sleepy basketball game or a, a bully beatdown in the national championship game. Yeah. Uh, it is now 45 to 7 dogs. They didn't they've done scored again and and just com- completely running the score up here. This is a it's just it's a bloodbath, man. Yeah. Well, I enjoyed it, too. Uh, we'll have this out for everybody. Hopefully y'all can listen to this and maybe we'll be the first podcast you listen to about the college football playoff. And um, hopefully the podcast has been more entertaining than the game because the game, uh, let's see, we are 30, 42 minutes into the game, game time. And the most interesting and the most exciting part of it has been the national anthem. Oh, Shout out Pentatonix. Sounded oh, great. One of the best national one of the best national anthems I've ever heard. Yeah, it was incredible. So, um, but yeah, yeah, like you said, Drew, you heard it here first. Congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs on the national championship. Round of applause. Oh wow. Stepping up the game with the sound effects, huh? We're becoming professional podcasters, man. <laughs> every every week you get something a little bit more. But uh yeah, Georgia Bulldogs looking well in control. Um, and I uh, think they'll party hard into the night down out in LA. But Drew, I'll see you back here on Wednesday.